Creating Utopia, the podcast, ideas to change the world, where we turn conversation into action. Thank you for joining. This episode is titled Universal Basic Income and Social Currency. I had to get to this episode now on the heels of the Waking Up podcast, episode 130, titled Universal Basic Income, with 2020 U.S. presidential candidate Andrew Yang. Since working on my book, Legacy, in 2014 and self-publishing in 2016, I've been building upon and refining this idea of social currency, a hybrid digital universal basic income. It seems social currency is a natural progression from the concept of UBI, as the number one criticism is basic income incentivizes people to do nothing. The answer simply would be to incentivize positive contribution in order to earn the basic income. From here, we can see that we don't even need to really mess around with the traditional economy too much by doing a mass wealth redistribution. Rather, we have the opportunity to introduce a credit system that does not have the pitfalls of national currencies, debt, inflation, etc. It's amazing to me that another group of human beings have been developing a similar line of thinking in this space, but I shouldn't be surprised. As the more you start to understand how technology is going to impact the global economy in the coming years, seeing the trends of the sharing economy and the philanthropy industry, and also seeing this global consciousness and value shift as the world becomes acquainted with the vast wealth of knowledge on the internet, we're seeing people start to reconsider what is important and valuable in life. The purpose of this episode is to keep the conversation going. If you enjoyed the UBI podcast with Sam Harris, here are some ideas that can push the idea of social currency forward. If you're just learning about UBI, I would suggest going to listen to some videos on YouTube about how it works. Read Andrew Yang's book, The War on Normal People, I Know I Will Be, and see the examples of where and when and how UBI worked in the past and is working in the world today. Basically, the idea in short is if we empower people with the means necessary to survive, cash or a credit system, so they don't have to work jobs that could be automated or subsist on traditional government programs, the repercussions for society are overwhelmingly positive in many areas. Food security, domestic violence, addiction, employment goes up, productivity, happiness, health. This is the perfect time to elaborate on what is possible with social currency. Again, a digital universal basic income hybrid that is earned through positive acts in society. We're living in a world where the way to survive is to trade your time to a private enterprise that rewards you a currency. Depending on where you live, it could be a dollar, a pound, a euro, a yen, and you then exchange that currency with the businesses around you for the things you need to survive thrive and enjoy life but what we all understand is that the things that earn us money and the things that are good for us or are beneficial for us and those around us are not always the same thing caring for a child is good for us and our family but comes at a monetary cost and is not rewarded monetarily educating yourself at higher institutions again comes at a cost with only the hope of a reward in the future what about helping a neighbor with a task, or fixing the potholes in the roads, starting a community garden, or tool share? Again, there is little to no monetary reward for participating in these tasks, and yet, not only do we do them, we would do them more often if we had more time and or some incentive. This is where social currency comes in. 
It effectually tackles these two issues coincidentally. Not only is it beneficial to say, spend time with your child in the sense that you get a reward personally for being there, but with the social currency reward on top, allowing you to buy the basics, you can now spend your money on things that will allow you to participate in the economy at a higher level. This can allow you to be more productive at completing positive tasks, like spending time with your children. It's like a positive feedback loop. The more you participate positively, the more ability and incentive you have to participate positively. In my book, I laid out a quasi-plan of a billionaire completely tackling the burden of upfront investment for four different zero-marginal or semi-zero-marginal zero cost technologies to spur the social currency revolution. In effect, once the vertical farms, solar fields, maglev train, and desalination plant were built, the people would be able to go right into active participation in society with a tangible beneficial reward from the outset. It seems like a plausible way to set a baseline value to the social or digital currency. I would assume, however, that since we already have people giving items away for free on Craigslist, Kijiji, and other community-based classified ad-type websites, that people would start to trade low-value items for social currency immediately as well. I wrote my book back in 2014 with the hope that I could first let people see the magnitude of the issues facing our planet from an environmental as well as a human rights standpoint. But secondly, I wanted to show that there are technologies that exist today that could alleviate, if not solve, some fundamental problems facing our species, and the positive spillover effects into already affluent societies would be measurable as well. Since 2016, I've spent quite a bit of time working on another set of ideas I was organizing into a book titled Social Currency, but since the beginning of this year I came to think that sharing these ideas through a podcast might be more effective than a book. I can do this for free, come back and elaborate on points that need to be elaborated on. We can change our minds as we learn more information and communicate with the community who is interested in these ideas. But with that being said, to build on Andrew Yang's podcast with Sam Harris some more, here are some thoughts on how social currency might work. I certainly see the angle of approaching a universal basic income or social currency type structure from within the government. I identify with a lot of libertarian ideals, but in this space, there really is only one organization large enough to implement a UBI program on a national scale, the government. And in my book, I swap the government for a billionaire, but this idea is the same, a top-down approach because someone needs to fund a traditional UBI cash initiative. Well, for social currency, I've since come to start thinking about it in terms of a game B, or the gamification of life, if you will. Social responsibility and activism are already viewed as positive actions by nearly everyone. I envision social currency being deployed through the first social media where you have every reason and desire to share who you are, a non-anonymous, troll-free environment. Let's call it the social network essentially a platform for people to get together at a local level, organize Kickstarter-esque projects, and get rewarded for their contributions when the projects are complete. Just think of all of the socially active people in the world today, working for green parties and charities and volunteering their time and money. Connecting those individuals with the plans to solve problems at the community level, empowering said community to actually solve these problems themselves, it's a plan that could work anywhere in the world, a self-sufficient community jumpstart program. But I'll try to get specific here. 
Think of the pockets of the world who have independently implemented some sort of plan that solves a problem the rest of the world still faces. For some reason, we first kind of look at those places and scratch our heads and ask how they did that. Eventually, the nations who are able and sensible adopt that practice top-down, and the society adjusts. But right now, we're seeing pockets of the world implementing game-changing solutions so rapidly that it seems impossible for any nation to keep up. Were there plans laid out for other communities to just mimic if they meet the resource and time commitments? I think we'd see citizens engage in society in a way that we haven't seen for maybe 100 years. I think social currency could be the economic game that gets the rest of the world out of poverty in a way that doesn't harm the environment and allows us to transition peacefully to a world not dependent on fossil fuels or transnational transportation of goods. We have direct online voting in many countries. We have Norway that recycles 95% of its plastic. We have Sweden recycling 99% of its garbage, producing a, ne a near net zero waste. In Uruguay, there's a school that runs completely on renewable energy. Costa Rica has 300 of 365 days running on 100% renewable energy. In India, there are self-organizing learning environments being tested in schools. France, there is a smart city integrated almost fully to the Internet of Things. In China, they are building the Internet 2.0, free Wi-Fi for everyone, which they've had in Estonia for a few years now. In European Union countries, there are driverless transport trucks and cars on the roads each day. There are talks of implementing driverless taxis to replace public transit and taxis in the city. Vertical farms, solar fields, desalination plants, maglev trains in Asia and Europe. As I said, there are pockets where people are already awake and implementing solutions to the world's largest problems. I can go on and want to go on because we're seeing urban green spaces and gardens, revolutionary advances in 3D printing in terms of buildings, tools, and prosthetic limbs. We have communities of people building tiny homes and living off-grid. The future started yesterday. What I can only hope is that we're leading to groups of citizens a sharing their plans in an online environment for how this can be accomplished for all. For example, starting a community garden versus building a community vertical farm. How many people would it need to build? How many, what would be the cost to build it? The cost to maintain? People needed to maintain and operate, etc., etc. And B, the serious consideration of starting a new social media platform. We can have all of the positive elements of every online platform that exists today with no advertising, with positive action in society built right in. To go on a tangent a bit about the potential social currency has from a different perspective, Imagine for a second that we have on the social network a requirement in order to receive your social currency for doing a certain task that tasks need to be verified at some level by someone else in the community. If we had information that related to an upcoming issue that needed to be voted on, for example, we could offer a class that someone could take online written by someone who earned social currency, and then they would need to pass a content test again, written by another person who earned social currency for that task. Therefore, we could have everyone involved in the vote pass the task and know what they're voting on before they vote. More interestingly, though, if someone wants to go clean up garbage, they could take a video of when they started, when they finished, and what impact they made. At this point, to verify, we could have someone who in the traditional marketplace may not be able to contribute in any way 
due to advanced age or the inability to move, they could still go and watch that video of the person who picked up the garbage, verify that they did it, maybe write an encouraging comment, and both could be rewarded for their work. What excites me so much about this idea is that for those who otherwise traditionally, unfortunately just were not in a position to participate actively in the progression of society, this would empower them, give them the ability to participate in an integral way, be rewarded, and never have to leave their home if they're unable. But for now, let's move to the final segment, how to create utopia. When we think about the economic game of the future and how it will be organized, and you hear more and more information come out about universal basic income, just think about the potential in terms of conceptualizing what's possible. Universal basic income is a wonderful step in the right direction, but we need to seriously consider the ramifications purpose has in everyone's life. We all have something to give, and for the first time in human history, we have the ability to organize an economic system around everyone's participation. Even children could be rewarded for good deeds and have their ability to contribute positively to others' lives recognized. With the emergence of blockchain technology and the ease of digital transactions, as well as the lack of compensation for quality digitally produced and consumed content, it seems inevitable that there will be a credit system operating in our near future. The question is, do we want to play in the new digital economy with whatever hand we're dealt, or do we want to be a part of developing the rules of the game before we sit down at the table? We create utopia by realizing that there is no one at the driver's seat right now in terms of shaping the future of the world. There is a government in place all over the world, and that government makes rules and protects us and helps or hinders society from operating at various levels. But that government, in countries not governed by a dictatorship, well, those governments are run by the people, for the people. We have the ability to run for office or influence elections just by sharing ideas in positive, respectful ways. If you show people that you have their best interest at heart, they usually will be open to listen. If you show people that you are open to listening to them, there is a chance you can find common ground and move forward. At this date in 2018, I'm optimistic in seeing that the world may realize there is a whole bunch of people who want to live prosperous, happy, healthy, free lives, and a tiny handful who have been convinced by ideas of hate, bigotry, sexism, religious dogma, etc. The vast majority of citizens on this planet are ready for a change to occur and ready to work together to make it happen. We create utopia by sharing the ideas of basic income and social currency, not just from a national perspective, but with a global perspective in mind. It is in our best interest that our neighbors in South America, Africa, Europe, Asia's lives improve. Our neighbors all over the world living happier, healthier lives is in our benefit. Other people living lives that are valuable, have purpose, and are enjoyable. That makes our life better too. Perhaps it's the boomerang effect that's being espoused, but when things start to go one way, you get a response in the other direction. The world has so clearly seen that the presidential structure, as well as governmental organizational structure in most countries, is seriously outdated, and the operating system inefficient. Andrew Yang is showing us, we have the ability to join those structures, improve them, and create the future we all want to be a part of. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to this episode of Creating Utopia. If you found it valuable, please like and share on social media. Follow me on Twitter at creating underscore utopia, and make sure to ask questions, comment, I'll make every effort to reply to them all. Stay tuned for the next podcast, which will really be on desalination technology.